0: Hey friends, welcome on to another episode. It's Jessie Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is postpartum fitness. So the return to movement and exercise that we do post-pregnancy. We're going to talk about what our bodies might require during this time. What we might want to look out for when we're returning to exercise. That might be signs or symptoms that something is a little bit up. We're going to dive into the mindset piece of this topic as well. So, really digging deep into why we're doing what we're doing in terms of the exercise, why we even want to exercise or return to movement postpartum. A quick note if you are a trainer, or health professional, or a fitness enthusiast, we want to let you know that. The Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is now open for registration at the time you're listening to this podcast, which is April 17th or the week of. This is a 10 week online course for anyone who wants to up level their skills, confidence, and education in terms of working with postnatal populations in fitness and health coaching. Enrollment is open until April 23rd, and then we'll be shutting down for at least another six months, potentially longer at this time. The link for all the details for the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy will be in the show notes, and you will also be hearing from Anita in the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy, as she is one of our 20 plus experts who have also contributed to the course in the realm of. Women's health, core and pelvic floor, education, mindset, body image, emotional and mental health and much, much more. So again, the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is now open for registration until the 23rd of April only and then we'll be shutting down again. So if this is a topic you are interested in, you are working with clients in this way or aspiring to work with clients in this way, it might be something for you to look into.
1: And so what we wanted to start off with is what are we considering with the postpartum body that makes this conversation so important? Um, Because I think it's really common, both Jess and I hear about this, and we had our own experiences going through postpartum, um, is this idea of the need to erase the whole experience of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum itself um, once we are postpartum. So, Jess, what do you find with, especially with the clients you work with online, what do you hear most about this?
0: I feel like there is a lot of discomfort in postpartum itself in terms of what someone's life might be looking like, what their body might be looking like, or how their body is functioning. And for a lot of people, they just want to get back to whatever version of themselves or their life they felt more comfortable in. Interestingly, this is something that I'm finding in this second pregnancy that I need to check more often. I keep finding myself going to this idea of how annoyed I'm going to be postpartum because I just want to feel more agile again and I want to feel like I can move with ease and I want to feel like I can strength train again or play with my toddler again in ways that are not extremely uncomfortable. And I think that that's a lot of what comes up postpartum for people as well is just they just want to feel differently. They don't want to feel postpartum. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to feel achy and stuck and like they're slow and they're not strong. Another side of this is a compliment, I'm using that in quotations, that some people receive postpartum is, oh, you don't even look like you had a baby, or was there even a baby anymore? Was there even a baby in there? How did you lose the weight so quickly? So these comments that are directed at postpartum women can be really interesting itself and play into this idea of why we want to exercise postpartum we'll talk about the mindset piece further on a little bit more but for now that's what I'm finding is coming up for people is just this discomfort in being postpartum and wanting to feel not postpartum
1: yeah I would say both of those points super common with clients I see in the clinic as well um for some it's that they actually do feel good moving, they feel strong, but they're not comfortable with how their body looks, Um, especially around the abdomen. That's the most common spot that uh, we all focus on. Um, And then others who aren't actually concerned about what they look like or their appearance, but they just don't feel good in their body. And there can be a sense of guilt of they can't be as active, whether they have one child, so they have the newborn, or if they have older children, and they just can't do what they would like to do um, or what they need to do to actually take care of the kids and themselves during the day. So there's definitely both both
0: sides to it. Mm-hmm. And what we want to make so clear is that we want to get people moving postpartum. Those people who want to move and who want to feel different, capable and strong and whatever they might be searching or striving for there's huge benefits in movement for physical and mental health we simply want to ensure that we do this in a way that respects the body in this postpartum time and doesn't lead to unnecessary stress on the body or injury to the body which could create short and long-term issues so this conversation is so important because The body has gone through a lot in pregnancy, in birth, however that might occur, and we just want that to be a reminder to others and to ourselves. Again, I feel like this is going to be something that I need to remind myself of more often when I have a three-year-old and a newborn around, but let's remember that our body went through a lot of things and respect where we're at with it right now. So, why is the advice of listen to your body not the whole story when it comes to postpartum fitness? This is a question that comes up from people, my clients, and others who are writing into me as well. They were told to listen to their body. Their trainer, their coach said, if you listen to your body, you're going to be fine. And then sometimes they're just simply not fine. We're told so much of what is experienced physically postpartum is normal that it will resolve in time on its own or to keep pushing through it and it will get better. Or this is just how your body is going to be now, now that you've had babies. So it might be incontinence, it might be pain, it might be this general achiness through the body, it might be that they don't feel strong anymore on one side of the body, both sides of the body, specifics uh, to whatever that person is going through. So I think that the advice of just listen to your body and everything is going to be fine when you return to exercise postpartum is irresponsible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would say my issue is
1: with that, how can you listen to your body if you don't know what to listen for? Um, and not that we want you to think if you're listening to this that we don't want you to trust your body because that's not what this is about. It's exactly what just talked about is all these things that, if you were aware, aren't necessarily things that you should be putting up with postpartum, like, for example, leaking urine when you're exercising or coughing or sneezing, if you're not aware that that's something that shouldn't be happening, then you don't know to listen for that type of thing. So I think that's really the hard part is because there's so many mixed messages Um, on what should be happening postpartum. And there's still this blanket statement of six weeks postpartum. You're good. You got the green light, go back to exercise, go back to your regular life. But like six weeks postpartum, regardless of how your birth went, is not enough time. Um, And I'm still seeing circulating online and on social media, even um, health or fitness professionals saying, here, here's a couple of tests to do postpartum. If you don't have any symptoms with this, you're good to go. And unfortunately, I feel like that's just not enough because there's so many aspects. So whether you're nursing or not, um, our hormones do take time to balance out after birth. So if you are nursing, our estrogen levels stay quite low until potentially three months or longer after we're done nursing. Um, And if you didn't nurse, it's at least three months after birth But also, again, can be longer for that to change. And to not go into too much details about hormones in this episode, but estrogen is a part of our muscles having tone. um, So that can affect how our muscles work um, postpartum. And just in general, so if you've had a vaginal birth, and let's say you've had zero tearing, even with that, your pelvic floor had to stress stress. And strain during your vaginal birth and six weeks for things to just be back to the way they were um, for your muscles to know exactly what to do to be coordinated to be strengthened um, to not have tension not the most realistic and then if you did have tearing or episiotomy or you had a cesarean birth there's still a lot that your pelvic floor and your core went through so I would agree with Jess that I just don't think it's a responsible thing um, if people are telling you just to listen to your body. Um, And again, we want you to trust your body, but we also want you to know what to listen for um, and to, if you can, seek health professionals and fitness professionals who have up-to-date training so then they can help guide you on what to look out for and what you shouldn't be dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. So instead of using the advice, listen to your body with my clients, what I often say is stay aware or be aware, which is kind of funny because that's what instead of telling my kid to be careful, I often tell her to stay aware. But what are we staying aware of? We'll talk about this a little bit more as we get further into it. But just basics, things to be aware of might be... The abdominal wall is bulging on every rep of your exercise. You're constantly holding your breath in exercises. We know how to assess ourselves for diastasis recti. And that's really key with my clients because they're working online. So I need them to be working with a pelvic health physio and or understanding how to assess themselves for diastasis so they can keep an eye on things themselves. It's so key to know that some postpartum Uh, symptoms or issues that might be coming up can be asymptomatic. So something like pelvic organ prolapse, someone might not be having any signs or symptoms that that is occurring in their body. Again, which is why an assessment with a pelvic health physio can be so key. But if we're just listening to the body, I love what you said about what if we don't know what to listen for? What if we're not getting that education? So I think that that is often where people are getting tripped up in this. One more thing that I can be, think can be so tricky with listening to your body that I hear come up in conversation as well is that people tend to deny that there might be issues for a variety of reasons for a long time or let things go too long because they don't want to know perhaps that there is something that needs attention to or they are afraid of what the what the diagnosis might be or what the advice might be when they get a diagnosis So this is something that I think we need to take into consideration too when we're returning to postpartum fitness is just being really super honest with yourself about what you are experiencing in your body as you do return back and just knowing what to be aware of so we're not just listening aimlessly for what our body might or might not be telling us is happening. And I think it's important too and as hard as it is to
1: do because I just feel like this follows us through any stage in life is comparison. So this is something I hear a lot of times in my office is, you know, I'm going through this and I'm eight weeks postpartum, but then I am going to this exercise class and all these other women are jumping and doing all this. And I remind my client, like, you don't know if they're leaking. You don't know if they have prolapse. You don't know if they have a diastasis that needs a lot of healing. Like, because we all kind of do this, and we don't talk about it, and we we try to cover it up, um, until people start talking about it in your class, you won't know. Like, fifty percent of women have a degree of prolapse. One in three to one in four women are leaking urine. So, but it's not something you can see from the outside. Same with pelvic pain or back pain. Like, you don't know if someone's pushing themselves through back pain because they feel like, oh my gosh. I'm eight weeks postpartum. I just need to exercise. I want my body back. I don't care if I'm in pain. I'm just going to keep doing it. So I think it's something to check in with ourself is you may see other people postpartum doing exercise, but you don't act, you're not living in their body, so you don't actually know what they're going through with that
0: mm, yeah, such such good advice, really good reminders there. I think that this is another big reason why. We need to really put the blinders on postpartum and when it comes to social media feeds and again what you might be seeing in your community or your exercise, exercise class or the gym that you're at is really just trying to be in your own space and your own body and have your own experience and I know that that can be super difficult but I will say from my first postpartum experience, my first time around especially as a trainer working in this field. I really just tried to, again, stay aware of what my body was experiencing and not try to be anywhere else. I didn't try to keep thinking ahead to what I wanted to be doing or how I wanted to be exercising. It was constantly just re-evaluating where I was and how I felt during and after exercise and if I could or should progress from there. So again, I think that's such a great point. And I know that that can be so difficult, especially if you are exercising in places with other people, if there is an element of competition that is in your exercise class as well. But again, put the blinders on as best as possible. And just this is your journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a good time to talk about, I love um,
1: Jess had brought this up on one of her blogs a while ago, but the four R's for postpartum and that's rest, recover, rehab and retrain. Um, And I'm totally on board with this and I talk to clients about this and I think it's key for all postpartum people to remember even if you feel amazing. And I've talked about this before in other episodes, you might feel great. And I know a lot of people are surprised to hear, oh, how how can I possibly feel great um, postpartum? I see a lot of clients that feel great. Um, it, they tend to be the ones who did put in a lot of effort during pregnancy just to learn about pelvic floor and core, how to exercise, modify, still do exercise, but what felt good in their body. And then they had all this knowledge and awareness postpartum and they put that that rest, recover and rehab into practice but it's the retrain aspect i think sometimes gets missed and we go from kind of the recover we sometimes skip rehab sometimes skip or most of the time women will skip retrain and go right to train and so those last two i feel like are super super important um and our body totally appreciates us not skipping those two steps because Again, how I said, regardless how your birth, go, your birth goes, if it was the smoothest birth ever, doesn't even matter. Your body has still gone through this change. This baby is out. Your body is adjusting to this new kind of spatial awareness and how to reconnect to those muscles that I really want you to take the time to do that. So then you can train and feel awesome versus I talk to clients that if you feel good now and you skip those steps, you don't want to end up going backwards. That's even more frustrating to go that route. So why not take the steps, progress forward. So then you can continue to train and train for years ahead. And then if you decide to have another baby. Um, so how do you find that just with your clients in terms of especially those last two components, although that's probably why they're seeing you actually is for the retrain aspect. But curious to hear as well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah this is so this is the system that we follow with all our training programs that our postpartum mamas go on rest recover rehab retrain for me and my own body I felt like this took a year postpartum honestly till I felt like I was really starting to be comfortable with pushing myself more in exercise. And retraining doesn't mean that we're not pushing ourselves in exercise. It absolutely can feel like challenging exercise. It's just that things might not be, it might not be where they were. There might not be as many plates on the barbell. You might not be back to sprinting or doing as many sprints as you were, or it might look normal pre-pregnancy workouts to you. But just so key that the retraining process lasts beyond the the six-week postpartum checkup. This is what I kind of feel happens often is that people think that they rested, they recovered, they rehabbed and retrained. And then they get that six-week postpartum clearance and they're back to training at that point. Really, we're in the rehab portion often when we get that six-week postpartum checkup and the retraining process can just take months postpartum. And again, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be super boring exercise or doing nothing. It can look like... Regular workouts just may be slightly different. Maybe we're putting more attention into the strategy we're using. The reps and sets and the workouts themselves are planned in a specific way in order to adjust how much stress or load the body is under. So this system is something that I try to get people to be really comfortable with if they are training with me during pregnancy, but if they're coming on postpartum, this is the system that we're setting out so we know it's a long game. Again, that can be uncomfortable for people as well, especially those who are used to exercising, those who might be athletes. The retraining process can feel slow at times, but I love what you said, and this is something that we talk about with my moms as well too. The seemingly slow path is actually the fastest way every single time because I've seen it over and over again the people who don't want to do these four steps the people who want to jump back into all the things again they often do end up needing to come back to the beginning again because there are injuries or other things that might pop up for them so the seemingly slow path is always the fastest way let's talk about the mindset Concerning this postpartum, this post-pregnancy return to exercise training, I feel like we can't talk about the physical with actually uncovering the layers about the whys behind this exercise is happening. One question that I would ask myself postpartum often is, where is the motivation to exercise stemming from? Why do I even care? I ask my clients this as well. Why do you want to move your body? Why do you want to exercise What is coming up for you in terms of that? Is it simply because it makes you feel good? It makes you feel uh, less achy? It makes you have more energy? Your mood is a bit more consistent? You're sleeping better at night? Those can be all good things. Is it because you're finding that you're really uncomfortable in your body and all the exercise motivation is simply to be changing your body composition, that can be a really stressful place for people to live, not just mentally but physically on their body as well because it can dictate how much exercise they might be doing or the load and the volume that they're placing upon their body. So this is where I just want people to start when they are returning to exercise postpartum is just checking in with the whys around it and trying to figure out the motivation behind the exercise. You know, going back to that why that you always talk about, Jess, um, and I know for me
1: personally, I would say exercise, whether it was in pregnancy or postpartum, it always stemmed from feeling good and wanting to avoid pain and discomfort. And that probably comes from what I do in terms of for work because I see a lot of women in pregnancy and postpartum who do have pains, who do have aches. Um and so I think for me, like I look back and be like, was it about what my body looked like? And honestly, no. It was that to feel strong, which I did in pregnancy, I had a little bit of SI pain for about two weeks at the end. Um and even postpartum, like I didn't get the back pain. I didn't get the wrist pain with nursing. And I really feel like that goes back to just doing the movement and exercise. And for me, I love strength training. Um, that, that was a big part in me feeling good. And that's, in the end, that's actually why I did it. So how about you, Jess? Like, what was your reasoning for exercise and pregnancy, but then also postpartum?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, postpartum biggies for me were exactly... The same way I wanted to feel capable and strong in my body I wanted to be able to move my body in certain ways as best as possible for me the driving factor is always about pain and discomfort because I come from a place with where I dealt with chronic back pain for years and years during when I was a competitive gymnast and then after for many years as well So for me, I had fears going into pregnancy and postpartum especially too that I was going to have all this pain come back up again and it didn't happen. What I did notice though is if I went days without moving my body that the discomfort would start to come back. So it was it was my preventative measure in every way and it is the exact same during this pregnancy and I feel like it will be the same way postpartum as well too. Movement feels good in my body. It feels good for me physically. It feels good for me mentally as well. So there's there's all these components about why I want to move. What I do want to say is that training for Aesthetics, training to make your body look a certain way is not necessarily or inherently bad. When we are talking about the postpartum period, though, I feel like that can get out of control and that can become stressful for, for people quickly. When we're in this for our system, when we are rehabbing and retraining, if we can keep the mindset as much as possible away from trying to make our bodies look a certain way I think it can be a more enjoyable process for people and they can really find more joy in movement and they can really start to tap into that awareness of their body and as we said listen to your body I feel like it becomes way easier to listen to your body when you're not constantly focused about what you want your body parts or your body composition to be like And so when returning to movement, like where do we start,
1: how do we progress? Um, And I really love how, Jess, you talk about this, it kind of goes back to those four R's. So, you know, slow and steady progress in terms of volume, but also load um, in whatever form of physical activity um, that you're doing. So do you want to elaborate on that, Jess, even kind of how in your own, your online program as well, and then also um, to pregnancy and beyond how you coach clients?
0: Yes, absolutely. So in terms of our coaching program to pregnancy and beyond, we have a postnatal track, which a mom will start into really regardless of where they are postpartum, if it's early on or later. The program is designed in a certain way. It is structured progression. So it is not just a mishmash of exercises and random reps reps and sets thrown together. It is designed in a certain way so we can slow and steady make this increase of progression in terms of volume and load in strength training specifically because that's what I am coaching on over time over many phases. Our phases are four weeks. So we're working on a specific set of workouts for four weeks. There are some changes to the reps and sets during that four week period that often occur. And then we're progressing in the next phase, which comes four weeks after that. And we continue on this path. So it happens in a structured way. We're simply not throwing together these workouts. It's not. It doesn't look like a circus act. It looks like the basics. And over time, we just start to add on slowly and steady to the point where we get to workouts that don't look postpartum anymore. And people feel like they are... Doing all the things they used to do before, doing a bunch of new things that they've never done before. For me, it's so key that people feel good in that process, in their bodies and in their minds. They feel like they are getting somewhere, they feel like it is productive. I do not want them to feel bored in any way, but I also want them to know that they don't have to do all the things to have progress. They don't have to do five workouts a week. Their workouts don't have to be 60 minutes long. We're really talking about a limited dosage of exercise that can fit into their life really easily. So we are considering the rest of their life demands. How much sleep are they getting? How much stress are they under? How much movement and lifting are they getting in their life just from living their dang lives and parenting in many cases? So we're taking into consideration all the other factors of their life and then adding on structured exercise in a way that benefits them in their life.
1: And I think it's a great point you brought up is the considered other points in your life. So I, I talk about this a lot with my clients um, in terms of the things is like other demands. So whether you have other children and even if you don't like having one baby is a lot um, and then also sleep. So sleeping is such a big thing because it, there's such lacking in those first few months. Even if you get a, um, a unicorn baby, as Jess talked about in the last episode, kind of that she slept really early through the night. Um, that, that idea that when we sleep, like typically that's our time our body re-energizes, restores, replenishes. And when we have that constant interruption that means the next day like our body didn't get that opportunity so then if you didn't sleep all night and also if you're nursing which is a lot of giving um and taking from your body then you want to go to the gym and do a two-hour hardcore workout your body eventually is going to be like look i can't i can't keep up with this i can't keep doing this um And that's often where I'll end up seeing clients coming in that they're just like, well, what's happening? Like, I thought I was fine to go back to these things because they got their green light. And then we start breaking down all these other aspects that typically it makes sense. We're never, no one talks about them. You never think about stress and hormones and sleep um, because they seem, quote unquote, minor um, postpartum. But they totally affect how our body feels and our strength. So I tell moms, especially even the ones that, you know, they've done the rehab, the retrain, they're getting back to things that say like running. And I go, you know what? If your babe was up at night and you were sleeping all night or they were sleeping all night and they were cluster feeding, they're going through a phase, you know what? maybe don't go for that run the next day, maybe wait another day, see if you're going to get a bit more sleep or switch up what you're doing for exercise. Um, And when we break it down, they're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Um, Because often some people find symptoms creep up when they have all of those things going on at once, and they still chose to exercise and it's their body's way of saying like, this is too much, I can only do so much for you. I'm, I'm trying to let you know, I can't handle this.
0: Mmm. What yeah. I found was so interesting postpartum is that I needed to reduce the amount of structured exercise I was doing in my life. So, for years before that, during my whole pregnancy, I was strength training 3 times a week. By the time I got back to strength training postpartum, I realized that was not going to happen in my life anymore because I was having as you're talking about all these other demands come up in my life in terms of parenting, in terms of sleep, in terms of stress. In terms of nursing, I just knew that my body's energy output was so high really to begin with just from living my life that I didn't need to pile more stress of exercise onto that. I think that often exercise can feel so good or we know it's valuable for our health so we want to be doing more or we think it's important to do more. Often we can do less, especially when I'm talking about exercise and that looks like more intense movement what i love to encourage my moms to do is lots of leisurely movement in their life and throughout their days so for example for me that looks like strength training twice a week and then walking leisurely when i can moving through just lots of different ranges of motion throughout the day doing some structured mobility work doing glute exercises just know that it might look very different than what you used to do. And that can be absolutely so valuable to your body in this phase that you're going through.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to, to go into like what. So let's say in terms of with listening to your body, like how we talked about before, like what really do you listen for? So like what are some potential pelvic floor and core symptoms that might come up? that we want you listening to be aware of Um, and so some of the common so pelvic floor issues could be so leakage of urine stool or gas at any point um, as well as in terms of like a heaviness sensation in the pelvis feeling like something's lower or something bulging at the opening. And also heaviness sometimes can be a sign potentially a prolapse, which refers to the bladder, uterus, or rectum starting to sit a bit lower towards the vaginal canal. Um, but sometimes that heaviness can actually be a sign that the pelvic floor is really tense and is just trying to like hold on while you're doing that exercise or that movement. Um, pain is another common issue. So whether it's pelvic girdle pain, so pubic bone, hip pain, back pain, SI, tailbone, pretty much any pain while you're exercising or doing movement is a sign that something isn't working as well as it could. Um, and then also how just talked about is the doming or the coning in the abdomen. So if you notice this kind of doming or um, lifting area in the center of your abdomen, but also vice versa. So if you see, we technically call it invagination, but in terms of a, like a a steep drawing in of that center line of the abdomen, both of those could signify diastasis, which when we talked about it specifically in a previous episode, we're not saying diastasis is necessarily a bad thing, but just knowing how to use your core um, to support you during those movements um, to help with that area just so you're not having compensations happen. Um, Any other symptoms you think of, Jess, that everyone should know about?
0: feel like those are really solid ones what I will say too that sometimes pops up for some of my clients is that they have no symptoms for a long long time and then they get a bit further out postpartum and they're noticing some symptoms ramp up at that time and it can just feel really frustrating and confusing for them so mm-hmm. notice again if things are happening in your life during this time when you're noticing symptoms pop up For my clients, sometimes it is that there was this ramp up of stress, there was a sleep regression, they stopped nursing, uh, there's just something is happening in their life. There are some shifts in their life and they're noticing these things coming up in their bodies that are trying to give them some information. What I'll also say about that is don't beat yourself up over it if you do notice the symptoms are popping up. Again, it is simply good information for us and it's time to stay aware and pay attention to what is happening. So no shame no guilt, we have these symptoms for a reason and it is time to take care of them if we are noticing them. So again, paying attention as Anita said to any potential core and pelvic floor symptoms that might come up, pain. And then a biggie is mentally how you are feeling with the amount of exercise that you are doing as well. As we talked about the mindset stuff, just notice if you are still enjoying what you're doing for exercise. Are you dreading it? Do you want to ramp things up? Are you feeling like you're ready to? Are you constantly feeling like you don't want to exercise anymore? These are things to notice as well that might be signs that you need to adjust your routine. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point to bring up because whether you're pregnant, postpartum or not, like any type of exercise should be enjoyable. So if you're not enjoying what you're doing – it's a sign to change it up. Um, But I also like just how you brought up in terms of, I think it would be great if we could all start to have a relationship with our body that rather than when symptoms come up, that we start having this like, oh, my body's broken, I hate my body, it's letting me down, like, look what my babies did to me, like rather than going to that mindset to be like, okay, So clearly my body's trying to tell me something, let's problem solve through this and resolve it. Like I really wish we could change that inner dialogue because it's like, I think our body is made so brilliantly and our brain often tries to tell us what's going on. And sometimes our brain decides, you know what, you're just not listening to me. So I'm just going to need to create some physical symptoms because you'll probably listen to that um so rather than just get down on ourselves and think our body is like you know I'd rather you know get a different body part I've had people say that to me before I wish I could trade out my back for another back rather than why don't we just take a look at okay our body and our brain is telling us something let's figure out what we can do to change this
0: yeah I love that reminder that's so key for people to hear and to know that these symptoms are not going to last forever and we're in a period of time where they're ramping up but there's so much hope and so much we can do for them so we're not simply stuck Mm -hmm. let's talk about moms who are going to a trainer postpartum they're going to a specific class postpartum say it's a mom and baby stroller class or a boot camp class some advice for these moms who might be working with a trainer who is not educated in postpartum exercise. I have a lot of moms that work with me online, but then go and take some classes on their own as well. It might be fitness-based, yoga-based, Pilates. Sometimes their trainers know nothing about postnatal exercise. Sometimes the trainer is uh, referred to as a pre- and postnatal expert, but they're doing things that doesn't feel right in their bodies or they're noticing things that feel really different, say, from perhaps the coaching advice that I am giving them. So what kind of things should these mums be paying attention to if they are in these scenarios? Yeah, so I think that all of the
1: pelvic floor and core symptoms we talked about in the last question, any of those that you're experiencing is a sign, you know what? something needs to be modified or changed or learning a new strategy to do that movement. Um, are you super, super sore after work? And I know oftentimes we think that's a good sign if our muscles are sore, but like if you can't move and you can't pick up your baby after you've done an exercise class, cause you're that sore, that is likely a sign that mm, something, something again needs to be changed, modified um also if symptoms ramp up so maybe you did have symptoms you you had new strategies let's say you saw a physio you saw a fitness professional like Jess you learned how to manage those symptoms but then you start going to a new class and they start to creep back so again it's not a sign that your body is letting you down it's a sign that okay there's something cueing or movements that is just not you know right for my body um, And again going back to like are you having fun or is this like you're going because you feel like you have to go um i think is key and i and i like what just talked about in terms of i totally agree as well that classes termed prenatal or postpartum unfortunately are not all created equal um and know that pretty much anyone can call their class prenatal and postpartum if they want to gear their class towards a certain population um And so I have my go-to people online, like justice programs, um, or even in my community that I'm well aware of the background and education that they've had in terms of public flooring core. Um, And so there are certain classes in my community that I do recommend because I I know the instructors and I know what they've done and that I feel totally fine with my clients going there. And my clients realize that. If they know I'm confident sending them to a class, that makes them feel amazing to be like, all right, I can go to this class. I either won't have to modify anything or if there are certain things I need to modify, that's totally okay. So I think that's a key point we want everyone to hear because, like I said, just because a class is called a prenatal blank class does not mean that instructor has up-to-date training or information in regards to any pelvic floor or core work. Because even if you talk about any sort of um, certification for different types of uh, movement or activity, um, pelvic floor and core is very rarely talked about. And if it is, from what I've seen, it can often still be out of date. Um, So, you know, ask questions, ask where they got their training, like there's nothing wrong with asking questions um, or ask a health professional in your area if they have recommendations, because most will. If you're a health professional who really cares about your clients continuing exercise in something that feels good, they'll have their go-to people um, to be able to recommend you. So that's something I I do recommend to other people, whether it's online or in-person classes. Find out more about who's teaching it and to not make assumptions because it's geared towards a population that the instructor necessarily is trained on all the things we talked about.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic advice. I was just talking with a mom this week who was frustrated by a class that she was going to that was geared to postnatal moms, and it was as though she was teaching things very different or in a way that were different from what this client had learned from me. And so now this client was so confused on what to do and she felt like she wasn't trusting her own instincts again. So it can be, it can be a frustrating experience for moms. What I will say, if you're finding that you are in a class and you need to modify many things or a few things, that is okay. Modifications are simply a way to care for your own body. It's like we were talking about earlier in this episode of putting the blinders on. You do not need to do what everyone else is doing. If you are doing things that are different, that is okay. If you are taking a variation of an exercise that might look like it is less challenging, that is okay. So continuing to check your ego, put your blinders on, knowing that you are caring for yourself during this time is absolutely the way to go. My plea to trainers who are working with moms is, moms need and deserve great care in your coaching services right now. They do not have the time to mess around with this stuff. And this is what makes me so frustrated by the early coaching education that I had. My first certification in personal training, we talked about pre and postnatal for maybe one hour during a weekend course, it's as though moms are a footnote. It's that we're special populations. None of the education in general, personal training, fitness instructing, certs, tend to dive into this topic. We need to seek out more education. If you are a fitness or health professional working with moms, you have a general cert. It is not enough. And I can say that with a lot of confidence because I've seen many of them. And it is as though Anita said too, often if it even is touched upon, there are a few pages in the textbook or an hour during the in-person course. Some of that education is old. It is not up to date. It is not current. It might not even be current with the evidence-based information that we have now so just know that you need to continue to seek out new information and Anita and I still do this we were recently talking about the thousands of dollars that we spend on continuing education to ensure that we are up to date because our moms need and deserve great care right now they do not have time to spend energy and appointments and money and figuring out their life to get poor care and care that's going to take them in a direction that is going to lead them to more issues. Again, that's my frustration with how I was coaching 10 years ago is that I was probably putting moms in a position where they were getting injured or having more symptoms and that just feels really awful. And that's one of my driving forces for continuing to educate myself and others is that so other moms don't have to go through that. So if you are a trainer, continue to educate yourself. You must know if you are working with moms that you're working with postnatal populations. Are you assessing for diastasis? Are you talking about diastasis, educating on it? Are you talking about pelvic organ prolapse? Having conversations about Incontinence about their body image and their mental health postpartum. This is included in the job description. You don't have to be an expert on all these different pieces of the puzzle, but you need to know about these things. If you're working with moms, you're working with postnatal population, and all these topics are included in this work.
1: And I think that's a, a key point um, you brought up before, just was about If you need to modify in a class, that that's totally okay. I think something to keep in mind with that is if you're modifying in the class and that the instructor isn't okay with that, that's a bit of a flag, but the opposite you'll find actually comes up, which is the part I get excited about is when I do have clients do classes where the instructor may not have this information, but my client will go up to them and say, hey, like I'm working with the physio, I need to change this and this. for this reason and the instructor goes oh like I actually want to learn more about that Um, and I think that's fantastic because I think also there's a lot of fitness and health professionals who may just not know that this information is out there so I think also as moms you actually get to educate which is pretty awesome um, with what you're going through to actually help others learn about that as well so just to keep that in mind. So we hope these tips are helpful in terms of helping you exercise through the various postpartum periods, what to look out for in your own body, but also what to look out for in exercise and exercise classes in general. Um, And that's also why I love Jess's Postnatal Fitness Academy program. I wanted to bring that up at the end because I just think there needs to be more programs like Jess's that has this information and that's constantly evolving with updated information because as Jess and I mentioned, this info is always changing, which is amazing because I really hope in 10 years we know a heck of a lot more than we do now because we know way more now than we did 10 years ago. So this is always changing and always evolving. So to know that as professionals, it's our it's our job
0: to stay up to date with that. Mm hmm yeah perfect so just one more reminder that the post-anal fitness specialist academy is open for enrollment now until monday april 23rd this class will take us to the end of june funny enough it will end on my due date this year so hopefully Baby will stay inside until then. But if you are a current or aspiring fitness or health professional or you're someone who is simply invested in postnatal education and you love this type of information, this is what the Academy will give you. It's going to educate you on so many different topics surrounding postnatal fitness and health coaching. Knowing that designing effective, smart, programs for postnatal populations looks like so much more than specific exercises we talk about strategies used in fitness in strength training in returning to high impact exercise we talk about diastasis recti healing treating that we talk about pelvic organ prolapse incontinence other pelvic health dysfunctions but again we talk about so much more. We talk about how we are talking about food and bodies with our postnatal populations. If we are adding to the stress that moms feel or might be reducing the stress that they feel in their lives and in their bodies, we talk about ensuring that the client is supported through so many different avenues postpartum. So again, open for enrollment now until the 23rd this will be it until at least another six months potentially 2019 so if you are interested the link to join will be in the show notes
1: and so we would love for you to join us on our next episode as we welcome our very first guest dr mariska taylor who's a naturopathic doctor um, she's actually my naturopathic doctor, and she'll be sharing key information and tips surrounding postpartum self-care, including managing stress and addressing adrenal fatigue. And these are topics that I know a lot of mums I've seen have gone through and Jess and I have experienced, you know, going through our own journey addressing these issues. So we can't wait to have Dr. Taylor on to help uh, give answers to these important questions.